Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Take time with a wounded hand, cause it likes to heal. Take time with a wounded hand, cause it likes to steal. Bundes and I just had a conversation about Stone Temple Pilots and how many great songs they have. I'm half the man I used to be. Wasn't this lead singer like notoriously like so self-absorbed? Well, he had major addiction issues. Oh. Scott Weiland's a lead singer, and uh, he battled addiction issues his whole life, and uh, eventually he just died you know yeah just remember hearing stories like of him saying we are the best band of all time yeah he's difficult but i don't think he would be like as difficult as a guy um like noel gallagher or liam gallagher (laughs) yeah or you know what i mean like yeah i think the band hated him because they just wanted to like crush it and scott Mm. island was always a wild card i'm sure you never well like you know if you've ever worked with someone who had addiction issues you never knew what you were gonna get that morning or that afternoon oh my god or you know maybe the band meets up and he just doesn't show yeah or he doesn't want to sing or you know it's too bad because he was so great oh yeah and like that slither that he did <laughs> yeah <laughs> he was a rock star he yeah, was totally. like a true rock star did you guys see them live I yeah. saw Scott Weiland live on his own when, and he did like it was near the end and uh, he did a bunch of Stone Temple Pilots songs yeah. but I didn't see the band Stone Temple Pilots I saw STP twice, one in 2010. Uh, they headlined Edgefest at Downsview Park. with They co-headlined it with Lincoln Park. Oh, wow. And um, big outdoor festival, really cool. And Scott Whalen was clearly flying on something, most likely mm-hmm. heroin. Um, and he was just saying the oddest things on the microphone. But, like, he was such... He he must it must have been a good high you know what I mean because mm-hmm. he was just so into it mm-hmm. and the second time I saw him was at the ACC and you could tell he was sober that night and the performance sucked like it's it, no it, like it was like he was um all he could think it was like a down it was like all he could think about was chasing the dragon mm-hmm. instead of putting the show on like mm-hmm. it, the energy wasn't there well I'll tell you I do recall hearing an interview with him I think he did like an hour with Howard Stern and he was talking about how um, how hard it is now to you know maintain your lifestyle he'd gone through like a divorce and everything yeah and he needed money and the only way to make money now in music is to tour because they weren't making it on album sales right and so he just found it to be too much of a grind to totally. be out there all the time. And I think maybe that's, uh, you know, there's a lot of 
downtime when you're on tour. Mm-hmm. Like you show up in a city, you got sound check, but all the other hours you just got to kill. And if it's in a hotel room alone, like you're probably left with your demons yeah. a little too often. I didn't know you could like perform on stage on heroin. I thought that was like a, I'm passing out drugs. See you in a couple of hours. Well, there's a fine line between everything, right? And yeah. The more... Got to get good at it. Probably. Get, yeah, like you got to get good at it. The more your body adjusts to something, the more you could do, right? Like, I mean, the first time I took Percocets, mm-hmm. I couldn't move. I was like a brick. Yeah. Yeah. If I took a Percocet, I don't think I've ever had one in my life. You'd Closest thing I've had is Ativan. Okay. I'd probably just be comatose. Yep. But you could take out, you know, when you were in your prime, Bundes, like what, 50 in a day? Uh, 50, yeah, five zero. I would be taking like 10 at a time, multiple times a day. And it was just how I functioned. Like every, I did everything like that. Nobody would have been the wiser, whether I was really? at work or on a date or whatever. That was just my normal being but on that level. Don't you think like, you know how some people say like, nobody would have known, you know, when you're drunk and you're like, I'm fine. <laughs> then you look back and yeah, you're like, oh, yeah. I, I was drunk. Uh, do you think that that was just an illusion that you were like, nobody would have known? No. You were a professional. Nobody approached you and said, hey, Bundes, you just, you, something doesn't seem right. Are you okay? Anything I can help with? Like mm-hmm. no bosses or anything? No, because it's, it's not it's not the same as like being drunk where you're like slurring your words or anything like that. It's this, it's this feeling of bliss inside you. If anything, people would have been like, wow, you seem to be in a really good mood today or you're a little more talkative than you normally are. Wow. Because you're just, you feel so fucking good. Mm. Like I, I, I can't, I don't know how to explain the feeling to anybody who, who's never had it it's just it's the most wonderful feeling in the world you I just you know, feel great yeah. I took a heavy dose of Ativan before my vasectomy and I just remember thinking after the procedure was done and I was back home and I just still buzzing and I was like I could see why people get hooked on this feeling yeah and it, it's just I'm sure it's just a tiny fraction of what you would feel if you're on something harder but it was this overall body buzz and this feeling of being chill and not stressed out yeah. and not anxious. Nothing. And it scared me. It scared me. It was like, I get it. I just yeah. had, the, you know, whatever it was, a couple of pills. Yeah. And it made me feel great in that moment. And I can imagine that if you're not feeling great day to day, that having something that you can lean on. Not that I wanted this podcast to be about addiction. I know no. we've talked a lot about it over the years, yep. but yeah. Yeah, like totally. It's it's like there is nothing in the world that can bring you down when you have that feeling. There's no stress that, that's on your mind. And even yeah. the simplest of tasks, you can you can put so much more care and thought and into joy. Them. Yeah, but what about the thought of like taking your last one and being high? That must bring you... you must get down in that moment when you know you're on empty oh. and you're riding out your last little run of being high? Uh, before you take it, yeah, because you're doing the math in your head, right? Like, okay. how do I get the next But if one? you have 10 left and you crush 10, then in you're that gonna, moment... In that moment, you're fine. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then you start worrying about it as the high wears off. Right? Uh, yeah. My husband, Matt, tells me all the time, he was addicted to Percocets too, that uh, I would love them. <laughs> He's like, it. it is fantastic. And he's a guy that doesn't feel normal ever because he doesn't have a large intestine. So he loves the way that it would make him feel normal, you know? Yeah, totally. Just make him feel normal again. And then he would get joy out of the most mundane tasks, as you're saying. Yeah. Right? I, I mean, I would... F- I would clean my house and I would find joy in it. Like I, I like sitting in a, in traffic would be enjoyable. Like the music on the radio sounds better. Everything is better. God, I stop selling it. 
on yeah, me. But like, <laughs> it sounds fantastic. <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm reminiscing more than anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, the, it's, a dark, it's a dark thing, a path to go down, because you can't be relying on something else to feel normal. I must be hard to when you're a musician. Like I often thought of uh, Chris Cornell. You know, there was a guy who was notoriously addicted to heroin, and then he gave it up for a long time. And then who knows what led him to kill himself. Some people think he was on antidepressants that kind of triggered the suicidal thoughts, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. But I wonder when you are a musician and a writer um, and your your career is based on having written so many songs while you were high, if there, there must be real fear that you're not going to be able to do it sober. You know, you talk about Scott Weiland and how you felt like when he was... You, you're assuming he was sober on stage and he wasn't yeah. in his like normal element. That must suck if you feel like you're at your best and you can only yeah. do what your superpower is when you're high. Yes. Uh, I, I mean, I remember as a musician myself writing back in the day and I always felt like when I was high, I could get, I could tap into certain feelings or certain emotions or just a different wavelength that I normally wasn't on or, or at least things that were repressed in me that I didn't want to like, I didn't want to go there when I was sober. Mm -hmm. I could go there when I was in that state. I also found myself wanting to go down darker roads because I wanted to be able to write about those things. I wanted to know those feelings. So it allowed me to go down those roads, that, that desire to know about what you're writing. Um, and I think that's a big problem. Also, being a musician, and I never felt it on the, on the level as someone Scott Whalen, but like when you play a show, the high that you get being on stage via the, the crowd and the energy that high is like next level. Mm. And when you get off the stage, most people, most guys that I know in the music industry would have this unbelievable crash after a show where they would feel depressed. Mm -hmm. And like we would, I remember me and Dan, who was the singer of my band, we would have like deep talks because we would get so down after a great show because mm. you, you can't match the high. Like you feel like you just poured everything out there. Mm -hmm. You got so much in return, and then it's like, now what? Now what's next? Like, That's so funny that you'd feel that way, because in radio, I find it's the opposite. Like, there's nothing that I prefer than finishing a show that felt good, yeah. and we were all, like, firing in all cylinders, and yeah. then walking away at that moment, especially <laughs> if it's a Friday, and you have the whole weekend, and you're feeling good, yeah. whereas, like, Monday... This past Monday, I felt like I was sucking. Nothing was flowing. <laughs> I had no good thoughts, no yeah. angles. And I hate leaving after a bad show. Uh, so I, I agree with you that it's totally different. I don't. It just sucks either way as a musician. It sucks if you have a yeah. bad show. It sucks if you have a great show. But that's show. why you bring the group groupies backstage, Bundes. <laughs> well, it's, it's all sorts of things. That's why you end up doing drugs and you end up in these like crazy sex capades and stuff. It's because you're, you're constantly chasing highs. Mm. Because the adoration that you're getting from the crowd... Like, like they're sending energy your way. Yes. And mm. it's you cannot match it once you get off the stage. Right. And you want it. You yeah. want it more. I feel like I have some friends who I've been around when they're doing cocaine. And uh, I think they are under the impression that you can't tell. A man, can you ever tell? Just like the oh, way they, they, oh, they talking and oh, the yeah. sweating it's like okay <laughs> and all the bathroom breaks you're like yeah i know what's going on man you're doing cocaine in there <laughs> all right you know but i feel like when you talk about using drugs to create art like i would i look back at some songs that i wrote or something when i had some drinks or smoked some weed and they always are like lame and terrible sucked i'm like i thought that was good in the moment uh, but maybe it's different for people. Maybe people 
sometimes do better on drugs than other people do. I mean, there's definitely been some times where, like, I would come out of my high and, like, go back to something that I recorded a voice note of or wrote down. Yeah, you wanted to hear that masterpiece, right? (laughs) And and then, like, all right, you you were were fucking... Yeah, you were blasting. Exactly. But but the idea sometimes is there, right? Like, that creative spark is is there on the page or is on the recording, and then I can go back and go, like, how can I make this better now? But now that the idea is there, you know what I mean? Yes. And maybe I'm wrong about cocaine, too, because I hear that people do it in the financial district like all day long at their jobs. And maybe people can do they figure out what the cocktail is to to be high, but not visibly high. Uh, Well, you got to start off being a douchebag out of the gate. (laughs) Once you're a douchebag, then people like the bar is, you know, set at a level that is probably comparable to being on cocaine. The That's guy won't the shut up and he's all sweaty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I guess if, like, I mean, if you're just not going snow blind and you're just hitting rails every, you know, one on the hour kind of thing. Right. You should be okay if you're used to doing it. Yeah, I don't know. That's... Sounds like a waste, right? Because you're not partying when you're at work. Yeah, it doesn't sound like a way I would want to live my life is to constantly like be looking forward to that next bump at the top of the hour. (laughs) Yeah, you know what my bump is? It's this McDonald's cup of coffee. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) exactly. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, you know, we were talking a little bit on our radio show about uh, the actors who had the best romantic chemistry. And it got me to thinking, and by the way, like I'll name some of the actors like Will Smith and Eva Mendez and Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan and Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore, uh, Ryan Gosling with every single person he's ever worked with. Mm, that's a compliment. Including Emma Stone. But it got me to thinking, if you could live the life of any of the characters in a rom- uh, romantic or rom-com or whatever mm-hmm. and live that experience in order to fall in love with your soulmate, what movie would you pick to mm. live out in real life? Would it be The Notebook, you know, with I Ryan mean, Gosling and uh, Rachel McAdams? Because they did end up together and they had a nice life until, you know, she started losing her memory. Yeah, I might go with that one just because their love is so, like, amazing. You know, the way they love each other so hard in that movie. Plus, she had a nice little side piece with the the rich guy. Yeah. She was with him for a couple of years, living life, and he was super handsome, too. Lon, I think was his name. Yeah, it, it worked out, like, pretty well for her. <laughs> sucked for Lon, but... Well, no, it sucked for Ryan Gosling, too. He had to go to war in that oh, story. Yeah, you had to go to war. And that would suck, Yeah, you know? Yeah. So I, I definitely wouldn't pick that one from, like, Ryan Gosling's point of view. I'd pick it from the female point of view. You're right. A couple of guys fighting over you. Both Plus, of them super hot. He was super broke. And one builds a, a house for you. That's great. He renovated that awesome house, but that would have been a lot of work. I wouldn't want to have to dive It was all done when that. she showed up. Yeah. Right? 
Adam Sandler, like his life never seems to be in such a great, he never seems to be in a great place in his romantic comedies. Like yeah. the wedding singer, he's just like. He's a wedding he's singer. He's a wedding singer. <laughs> I don't think anyone aspires to be a wedding singer. Uh, there was 50 first dates. What was he in? He was like a biologist, a marine biologist in that. That one was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, super annoying to have to explain your whole romantic story with your partner every day because she has no short-term memory. Yeah, that's you know? no fun. I feel like Bundus would pick uh, Will Smith and Hitch. Uh, that was a pretty good one, actually. Right? Yeah. Like, you're a Mac with all the ladies, and then there's this one that you just, like, you cannot Can't Mac yeah. with her. You know, you're a bumbling idiot. <laughs> Did you see Hitch, Tucker? Yeah, he was like a professional uh, hooker-upper, right? Yeah. And yeah. then he was with the guy Mall Cop, uh, Paul Blart. Paul Blart, yeah. Then he Kevin set James. Paul Blart up with somebody hot. Some hot uh, Russian babe. I think he was Some after like business mogul or something. Yeah, like I don't that. know how Ava Mendez came into the picture. I don't remember like Yeah, uh, what her role was in like that. Like where she came She wasn't in. she a reporter or something and she was trying to figure out who this mad, mythical hitch guy was. Oh yes. And then they ran in they ran into each other at a bar and he tried to mack her up and she was having none of it. Yeah, something like that. It's a good movie though. Yeah, you know, there's usually like in one of these stories something that I wouldn't want to have to live through or like, you right. know, some trouble along the way before you live happily ever after. Mm-hmm. Does you that know? does that drive you crazy, Bundus, when somebody doesn't fall for your moves? Like, does that make you want that person more? Sure, yeah. It's there you so go. attractive, right? There you go. That's you always yours. want yeah. what you can't have. Yes. It's human nature, right? In Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone's uh, Crazy Stupid Love, um, did she like resist his temptation? Yes, for a long um, time, or did she kind of fall for him? And the issue is more about she who she was related him to. At first, she found him a bit douchey. Yes, yeah, this, the classic story. You're a douchebag. I'm not yeah. going to fall for you. Yeah, yeah, kind of thing. And then she kind of just did like a, a hookup with him, and just you know was so funny about everything. She's because he was doing all the moves. And she was like, really? Then you do this? And then you do that? So it's similar to the Hitch movie. Yeah. She could see through all the moves. Is that your classic angle? Bundes is like, they know you're kind of like douchey pickup guy, but and they're not going to fall for it, but they always fall for it. Yeah, play to your strengths, man. (laughs) (laughs) Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan, Sleepless in Seattle. I mean, his wife had to die for that to all happen, right? So, like, you wouldn't want to have to go through that. What about uh, a Tom Cruise movie? I can't believe you haven't picked a Tom Top Gun. Gun. (laughs) but, But, you know... Goose dies. His best bud dies okay. in what the about... flat spin. Like you, you don't want to have to live through your best friend dying. I mean, I, I know that it, he probably would have ended up with uh, call sign Charlie anyway. But but, the, but still, like you got to live that life that they're living in that moment mm. in order to like have yep. everything fall into place. But uh, but Goose dies after. Tom Cruise hooks up with uh, Charlie, right? So yeah, but I mean, so like, let's I'm just end saying, the movie. Like, oh, end the movie. Uh, there you go. After the, the volleyball game, the dinner, <laughs> they bang. Movie's over. over. Yeah. Goose is fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> what about? 
far and away with uh, Nicole Kidman. Yeah, that looked awful. You that gotta like, run you, and you, get the piece, the plot of land. Live in that shitty part of New York City, wherever it was they were living, <laughs> and like she d- didn't. She she wasn't a prostitute, was she? But didn't she live? Didn't they live with prostitutes or something? Well, they were very poor Irish immigrants, if I remember correctly. And he was like helping build the railway. And yeah, yeah, you know what? No, well, they had to pretend <laughs> to be together in order to live together. I forget how that one went, but I, I don't remember it being like overly uh, like the, the kind of life I would want to live through mm. my romantic engagements. Days of thunder. Days of thunder. <laughs> Banging your doctor. Yeah, the dog. Because yeah. that was Nicole Kidman too, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. He did a lot with Nicole Kidman, right? He mm. did Eyes Wide Shut. Oh yeah, you and... want to be in Eyes Wide Shut. I don't know. That's a pretty dark movie. <laughs> yeah. A lot of okay, naked think, women Days walking of around. Thunder. No one dies. He does have that accident. He gets shaken up and Roddy does uh, have that brain issue that takes him out of the uh, race, race yeah. car. And then Russ comes in. Good old Russ. I can't Russ believe you guys remember all this. Oh my God, I've seen Days of Thunder probably almost as many times as Top Gun. Is it's it like, not a it's shitty a movie though? It's Top Gun too. It's, it's top, in it's, Cars. Yeah, it's top, top Gun in Cars. cars. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, no, it's not a shitty movie when you're uh, 16 or 17 <laughs> or whenever it is. Like, I really fell in love with it. Okay. It's a yeah. great movie. You've never seen Days of Thunder? I mean, Thunder? I've seen pieces of it and I'm like, this is not Top Gun. You it's know, Top Gun. It's, it's essentially Top Gun. Felt like a, a quick movie to make a buck. You know what I mean? Okay. Cole Trickle is is a hot hot shot driver, right? Just like he's a hot shot pilot in Top Gun. Yeah, cocky. He's cocky. Mm. Yeah. And he by by a by luck or chance or whatever, he gets a seat in the car. And something tragic happens along the way, and he has to find himself again in order to win the race. More or less the same thing that happens in Top Gun. He has to relearn how to drive. Yeah, but what, what was the tragedy is that he got in the accident, right? He had like a big wreck, and then he, and he, he lost, lost his, his French, edge. He, he lost, lost his, his edge, edge right? Yeah, he had to talk. Yeah. He almost needed the dog tags in his hands, talk to me, Goose. Like, yeah. you know, he had that moment. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. But gotcha. instead of talking to Goose, he was talking to the guy on the radio, which was, uh, what's his name? Uh, the old guy, Robert Duvall. Yeah. His name oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Nah, that would be a good one, actually. Because, you yeah, go. your life is a NASCAR race car driver, mm-hmm. and then you fall in love with a doctor. And, you know, the worst part of your experience is you have a car wreck, but you bounce back and win the uh, <laughs> Daytona 500. There you go. What about the. Uh, the Where, ult- turn number four is the most dangerous. <laughs> I think we're forgetting about the two most epic love stories of all time. One being Fifty Shades of Grey, and two being Twilight. Ooh. I mean, would it not be cool to be a vampire? <laughs> Twilight. Nah, I don't want to be a vampire. That's adding You don't want to be a glittery vampire, type Nah. Uh, no, no. Uh, I'm too pale. I'm already pale enough. I don't need to be more pale. <laughs> and it looks like it's always raining where they are. It's not a place I want to live, although it's beautiful when it's not raining. No, I'm not going to do Twilight. Uh, Twilight I wouldn't do. What was the other one you said? Fifty oh, Shades. Fifty Shades. I, I never you gotta saw You got to sign it. that fucking contract. That's scary, man. He gives you a contract. You're like, what are you going to do to no, me? No, that's big money. He's a billionaire, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, good, but he signs the contract so he can bang you any way he likes. Although, I'll tell you something. Yeah. Some of those moves looks pretty nice. Okay. I never saw it. I, I, I do like the idea of being a billionaire and like being able to have women that are in my life sign contracts <laughs> to agree to do whatever I want them to do. <laughs> that might be, you may there have you struck, go. I might need <laughs> to see this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely didn't read the book. There you go. But I might need to Christian see the movie. Gray. But what is it? There's got to be, like, what's the, the, you know, the moment in the movie that they have to get past? Uh. Like, is there any kind of, is Christian's life in danger at one point and people are chasing them? He chooses um, a virgin, 
I believe she was a virgin. That was the challenge that they <laughs> faced in the movie? Well, yeah, and he's like a crazy sexcapade sex guy, yeah. guy. He's like, he kept saying, you don't want to be with me. You don't want to be with me. Please leave. <laughs> and then she, they sign the contract and boom, it's on. He takes her to the room with all the uh, gear. Oh, you know what uh, I'll also consider doing is being the British guy in Love Actually who goes to the U.S., you know, because oh he's God. like trying to get laid and he can't get laid in England. So he travels to the U.S. where his accent would be like a, a charming and a, and then he ends up with like a Alicia Cuthbert. And he ends up with two like other four, super four hot girls. of the hottest women you've ever seen. Four. Yeah. You think it's three and then it's four. How about uh, speaking of, of Alicia Cuthbert, the girl next door. Classic, you know. Yeah, forget that. Uh, kid. Uh, and she had like a bad boyfriend. That um, drove around like a Trans Am or something like that, <laughs> and they they go to high school together, and then he's got to find a way to kind of get rid of the bad boyfriend as a high school student. Yeah, that sounds annoying. <laughs> but I want a, it to be as easier. a sixteen year old. Man? I want to I want it to be easier than that. Well, you got to go. You got to be the Christian Grey in Fifty Shades then, and just be a billionaire. That's pretty good. And get women to sign contracts. You send a helicopter to go get her. Your life is. Uh, is a mystery, but also it's it's awesome. How about yeah. a little Wolf of Wall Street? Get a little Margot Robbie. Oh, oh Leo! Yeah. But then you're doing so much cocaine. And then you're going to jail. <laughs> Good deal. Cocaine, Margot Robbie. <laughs> Plus his super yacht. Oh, like, the super yacht. They got to be rescued from it. If you can just wrap up that cocaine habit, like at some point, yeah. then you'll be fine. And the super yacht makes it there safely, <laughs> and there's no like you know long term emotional PTSD after you know having to be rescued by. Helicopter, I think, where they pulled off that ship. Yeah. I don't remember. Why? Yeah. What happened? I, they were out in a storm or something. Didn't they? Just party. Boat yeah. become like they uh, wanted to get back for some business deal or something like that, <laughs> and they they went into to to a storm to like to do the quicker route instead of waiting it out, and uh, they got fucked. Yeah, 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 yeah. God. Yeah, they, I mean, there there's a lot of people I would want to end up with. Oh, you know what? What about Mila Kunis? Just friends with Justin Timberlake. Mm. That's a good story. I don't That's think I've a pretty saw good story, one. isn't it? Get Young, hot, working at GQ, living in New York City. You're banging, then you have a little trouble, and then you bang again. Like, <laughs> it, it all works out. Yeah, I, I'm on board with that one. Okay. No one had to die along the way, I don't think. No, 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 no. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Pretty good one. All right, so we figured it out. Just friends. That's the one. That's you, baby. Forgetting Sarah Marshall. I I mean, I have a thing for Mila Kunis. That is such a funny movie. He gets dumped by a pretty hot girlfriend. Shortly after, this guy's living his dream job and banging Mila Kunis. (laughs) Pretty much any romantic movie starring Mila Kunis. You're down for it. I think I'm going to jump into whoever is her co-star's role there. That's fair. Yeah. Well, thanks for checking out the podcast and more of Stone Temple Pilots and Creep. Here we go. You ready? Take time with a wounded hand Cause I like to heal I don't know the words, man. (laughs) Yeah, it's okay. Take time with a wounded hand Cause I like to steal I gotta make a little STP playlist. That's it. Miss these guys. I miss this era of rock when there were so many good bands. I just don't see enough good bands today like there used to be. 
right, we'll talk to you soon.